How's it going, Christ community? You doing all right? All right. It's good to see you on this uh, snowy but sunny, beautiful December weekend. I'm really glad that you're here. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Community. Really good to be with you this weekend. I'm grateful that you're here. We are uh, in this series talking about re-gifting. We're talking about um, these gifts that God gives to us that are for us, but they're not just for us. They're for the people who are around us. And so I hope this series is good for you as it's been for me. I've really been enjoying this. And uh, again, thankful that we get this opportunity together. So one of the things I'm getting to do in this series is share re-gifting stories from people in our church. So I've got a couple of them for you today. This first one, uh, for a number of years, my wife and I were leading in a young adult ministry. In that stage of life, one of the big questions many of the people they're ministering to is who should I marry? So one day we noticed a package on our front step. We opened it up and found a handmade Christmas decoration that the giver had spent significant time making. There was no indication who it was from, but a note included said the gift was intended for a lady we did not know. I should say this was the second time we had received an anonymous package for this lady. The first time we asked around and found someone who knew her and were able to pass on the gift. Clearly this guy didn't know the girl well since he seemed to think we're good conduits for his misguided attempts to woo her. This time we found out the girl was engaged and moving away. Um, the package came with cash as payment to us for the inconvenience of passing on the gift. After some deliberation, we agreed that it was not appropriate to pass on a gift from a secret admirer to an engaged woman, even if being paid to do so. so so, so we re-gifted the gift to ourselves <laughs> and we kept the cash as our way of punishing this anonymous dude for his silliness, even though we had no way to tell him. So if you're listening, now you know. Um, <clears throat> we still put the Christmas decoration out every year and enjoy the story of the poor sap who didn't understand how to communicate his infatuation with his crush. That's outstanding. It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about tonight, but I thought like that was just <laughs> was really good. The second one. In 2012 and 2017, we suffered miscarriages. My dear friend, who'd also been through several miscarriages, gifted me a blanket. She said after her first miscarriage, someone from her church gave her a blanket. In the days following losing their baby, she wrapped herself in the blanket, and it felt like the arms of Jesus were wrapping around her. She prayed that the blanket she gave me would bring the same comfort she received, and I pass on this same gift to women walking the often lonely path of miscarriage. That's just, that's just a beautiful thing, that God ministers to us, and then he gives us the privilege of ministering his grace, his peace, his comfort, his life, his hope to the people who are around us. And so like, that's the highest form of re-gifting right there, is God gives you something, and then you get the privilege of passing it on to somebody else. And so... This weekend, I want to talk with you about regifting peace, and and this is this is the craziest time of year. It is uh, hectic. It is fast. It is busy. There's a lot of stuff for many of us going on at work, with family, at school, trying to get stuff wrapped up. The weather hits. Like there's just all kinds of crazy stuff happening in this busiest time of year, and in a year that really has been marked by division, strife. I wanna talk with you about peace. And so I, I'm really excited for this time together. I think we're gonna to enjoy this conversation. I think it's gonna be incredibly helpful for you. 
as we talk about receiving God's gift of peace and then some practical ways that you and I can re-gift that to those who are around. So I wanna start with the definition of peace. I'm taking this definition from one little verse in the Bible. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it is, it's a statement about an ancient king of the nation of Israel and what God did for him. This is the kingdom of a guy named Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. And if I could just grab that definition for peace for our time together as we think about it through this Christmas season re-gifting. Peace really is rest on every side. So if you think about that for just a second, to have rest on every side. You know, have, have rest inside, you know, that your, your heart would be at peace, that your mind would be at peace, to, to have peace and rest in, in your relationships, that at work or at school, that, how that's all going could be characterized by rest, to have rest in your, your finances, to be, to be at rest on every side. This is, this is the kind of peace that, that God wants to give to people that he's willing to give and desires to give to us during this Christmas season is rest on every side. And then he's also willing to use us to minister that same kind of peace to the people who are around us. So last week, if you were with us, we talked a little bit about the prophet Isaiah. Last week, if you, if you didn't hear last week's message, we talked about hope. And, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to it. We talked about faithfulness of God and his promise keeping. And we looked at things that happened in Jesus' life that were fulfillment of ancient prophecies about him. And, and the prophet Isaiah, he wrote quite a bit looking forward about 700 years. This is amazing, looking forward 700 years to Jesus. And, and he says this, Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, and then verse six. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is pointing straight to Jesus, great description of him, all this darkness and light imagery. For people like us, when we're experiencing all the darkness of, of chaos, turmoil, strife, frustration, division, when we're experiencing all these different things, what, what we are offered is a prince of peace, a ruler, a leader who will step into that darkness and lead us out of it into, into light. A guy named Herbert Lockyer, writing years and years ago, he's, he's a scholar and preacher from past generation. He writes this about, about Jesus in this statement, Prince of Peace, he says, Jesus is the prince of all aspects of peace, outward, inward, of country or conscience, temporal or eternal, and he has full power to bestow them upon mankind. Jesus is the, like he's the prince of all aspects of peace and he has full power to, de, to bestow that peace onto all humankind. And this is, this is great news for you and for me because peace is something that we receive. 
Peace isn't something that you have to go out and find. It's not something that you have to make for yourself. It's not something that you somehow have to figure out how to, like, how to get it from inside of you. It's, it's not that. Peace is a gift that comes to you and me from the outside, comes to us from the Prince of Peace. We get to receive it. And, and that's all that's required of you and me is that we would receive this gift of peace that God wants to give to us. So I wanna show you one more little section of the Bible about Jesus as our peace. And this is from the Christmas story. This is, these are the words of Zechariah, who was the father of a guy named John. We know him, if you know stories from the Bible, we know him as John the Baptist or maybe John the Baptizer. And he is, he is speaking, his, so John has just been born, his son has just been born, and he's speaking these words of prophecy over his son, but he ends up actually talking about Jesus. And, and he says this, speaking of his son, John, John the Baptist, he says, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And so he picks up on that light and darkness imagery from the prophet Isaiah and he begins talking about Jesus as this sun that comes, this rising sun that comes from heaven and he's gonna shine on people who are darkness in the shadow of death and he's gonna guide our feet into the path of peace. This Prince of Peace will lead his people into and on the path of peace. And so again, this is not something that you and I have to figure out. This isn't something that you and I have to manufacture for ourselves. This is an offer that your heavenly father is making to you through the Lord Jesus to have his kind of peace in your life and as you experience it, to be able to minister it to the people who are around you. So I wanna talk with you for a little bit about how to receive this peace. And as we do, like I, think about just a minute, when the last time you heard somebody say, oh, he's at peace, she's at peace. I'm betting you were at a funeral, right? And, and it's, it's a statement that somebody makes about the deceased. Oh, they're at peace now, which is, a, it's a very comforting statement to make, but it, it kind of conveys this belief that we have that, that life is about strife and turmoil and chaos. And then finally in death, we get to experience peace. And that's, that's not what God wants for his people. He wants to give us his peace. So there are some ways that you and I could receive it. And I want to give you, I think I have three things here, and then we'll talk about how we can minister it to each other. So receiving peace first is faith. It's faith. It's, it's, a, it's this big yes to Jesus as the one who is our peace, the one who gives us peace, who is the Prince of Peace, who guides his people in the path of peace. It's, it's a yes to him as your peace. In Romans chapter five, verse one, the Bible tells us, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this, 
being justified through faith, that's the yes to Jesus. That's the first yes to Jesus as the one who steps in and who rescues us, who, who rescues us from our sins, from the consequences of our sin, from the power of our sin. And, and as we say yes to him as our rescuer, his, his birth, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, as we say yes to him as our rescuer, we then have peace with God. We don't, we don't think about this very often as individual people, and so we have to talk about it a lot. Before Jesus, before, before you meet Jesus, before you put your faith in Jesus, you're actually at odds with God. You're, you're at enmity with him. You're his enemy. You may, you may feel apathetic about him. You may not feel any hostility, but you are like you stand against him because you're insisting on things being your way, doing stuff your way, headed your own direction. You've just said no thanks to God and you've stiff-armed him and, and you're independent of him. And that is not how we were created to live. We were created to be in relationship with him, that our answer to him would be yes, that we're walking in his path and in his way. And as we go our own way, even if it's just feelings of apathy about him, like we, we're, at in, we're at enmity with God. And Jesus steps into that and he gives us peace with God as we say yes to him. And so we, we say that yes by faith. We just say, okay, so at this point from here forward, this is where I stand. And, and I'm not trusting myself and I'm not trying to do this on my own anymore. I'm looking at Jesus and I'm trusting him and the work that he did for me on the cross and the life that he lives now as one who's risen again from the dead, my answer to him is yes, I'm receiving what he's giving me, this life, this forgiveness that he gives to me. And because we have been justified by faith, then we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And until you have peace with God, any other peace that you experience in your life will be the best that you could do or the best that somebody else could help you find. You can't have God's kind of peace until you're at peace with him. And so this peace with God that comes through faith in Jesus, the first yes to him. It's incredibly important for us to talk about that if we're going to experience true, heavenly, divine peace in our lives. It comes through faith in Jesus, this big yes to him. So we have peace with God through faith that comes through Jesus Christ. The second one then is this peace that God wants to give to you. It's peace from God. And this peace from God is, is talked about in Isaiah chapter 26, verse three. Isaiah writes, this is this prayer of thanksgiving. He says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So, so what God does for his people who trust him is he keeps them in perfect peace. He will keep you in perfect peace as you trust him enough to keep your eyes fixed on him and, and keep your heart focused on him regardless of the circumstances that are, headed, that are going on in your life. There's this awesome story from the life of Jesus and with his disciples, and I know many of you have heard it, storm going on and Jesus is walking on water. It's the walking on water story. And Peter, one of his most ambitious and outspoken and go first guy disciples says, Lord, if it's you out there, I want to come out there and I want to walk on water with you. And the Lord says, come on. <laughs> and so he gets out of the boat, 
But it's a storm, and he's, he's standing on water, which is not an experience anybody's ever had before, and there are wind and waves, and he begins to, like, he takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he begins to sink. And, and he cries out in that moment, like, Lord, help me, and Jesus comes to his rescue. But it is this, it is this beautiful picture of, like, in that physical reality of that moment, how you and I can be emotionally and spiritually, we get really distracted by wind and waves, Wind and waves get us all the time, and, and they, they pull our eyes off of Jesus, and they put them on ourselves, we put them on our circumstances, we put them on somebody else, looking for peace, but, but not finding perfect peace, and just this beautiful promise from God, if we keep our eyes fixed on him, see wind and waves for what they are, let him convince us that this is wind and waves, he will keep us in perfect peace when our mind is steadfast because we're trusting in him. And so it's, it's, again, it's a faith decision. It's, it's not like somehow I've gotta just, like I gotta make this happen. It's, he's, he's the author of peace. He's the giver of, of perfect peace. And so I'm gonna keep looking, I'm gonna look for peace where the peace is actually found. And I'm gonna trust him enough that he's gonna give it to me that I'm not gonna go looking forward to myself, struggling, striving, trying to find it. And so he wants to give you this peace. We get to receive this peace by faith. So faith is the first piece of how we have peace. And you know, we spell those differently, right? Faith is the first part of this deal. All right, the second thing from receiving peace is about pace and priorities. So I think one of the biggest difficulties you and I have in receiving this peace that God wants to give to us you ever tried to put shoes and socks on a toddler? They're just, they don't really want shoes and socks on, or if they want them on, they want them on like right now, and, and they're wiggling, and they're moving their feet, and when we were in that stage of life, and we've done it some since then, it was like you get one sock on, and the other one's on upside, like it just, it's this thing, because of the toddler. Like if the toddler would sit still and just let you do your thing, you could have shoes and socks on them in just a couple of seconds, they'd be on right, and off they could go. I think our natural tendency, spiritually speaking, is we're awful lot like toddlers and God's trying to give us something and we won't sit still and receive it from him. I love this Psalm, Psalm 131 verses one and two. The psalmist writes this, he says, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me but I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, I am content. And I, I love the picture of just crawling, crawling into a parent's lap and, and just being there. And that is not natural for us as human beings, as 21st century North American people who live in do, 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 hustle, 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 go, go, go kind of world to, to sit and receive. And if this were being written like about me, my heart is proud, my eyes are haughty, I often get concerned with great matters and things that are way beyond me. And it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that being concerned with things that are way beyond me that really is the problem because 
if I'm working on problems that I actually can't fix, there's, there's no peace in that. And where verses like this help me is, is hey, it is okay to just slow down, to sit in my heavenly Father's lap, to receive what he wants to give me, this stuff that is too big for me, too hard for me, so far beyond me, to let that go, to leave that with him, and to, to receive what he wants to give to me. And I think this is a, this is a great verse for people who are, who are high, pace kind of people, achiever kind of people, people who are bent to, to try to do things that are just beyond what human beings are supposed to do. This is, this is a great little image here to help us just slow down, to breathe, to be with our Heavenly Father and receive what he wants to give to us. You, can't, you cannot receive peace running past the Lord. He's not, he's not throwing it out there for you to just, it's, you know, it's not a long pass you, just, you can go catch. It's, you gotta sit and receive it from him. And in the pace at which most of us move and do life, it, it really gets in the way of us being able to have this peace that our Heavenly Father wants to give to us. The second one there is, is priorities. Pace is a problem for us, priorities are a problem for us. And again, the psalmist, he says this, he says, great peace have those who love your law. And he's, he's talking about God's word in his day, and that was one of the words that he used to describe it was the law. You and I would say, you know, God's word or the Bible, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. And and again, when you start thinking through, okay, what are the things that I love? What are the things that I love? And where, where, where does the things that God says, like where does, that, where does that fit? Where are the things that God says about who I am, about, how, about who he is, about how we have our relationship together, about who other people are, about how I relate to them, God's perspective on all that stuff. Like where does that fit in our list of priorities of the things that we love, the things that we pay attention to, the things that we order our lives around. And again, God has this perfect peace that he's wanting to give to us as we say yes to him. These are faith decisions to, to take your busy life and all the stuff that's going on in your life and carve out time to sit still before the Lord you gotta trust him that he's gonna do something in that. That he's gonna take care of some of those things that you're working on, that he's gonna, he's gonna cover some of that stuff that you just haven't figured out how to cover. And when there's stuff happening in your life, my life, and our tendency is to ramp it up, to obsess over it, to stress over it, to work harder on it, to actually sit down and receive peace, from our heavenly father means we're, we're, saying, we're saying yes to this banking on him taking care of some of that stuff that our time, energy, attention, that we're moving to him, that he's gonna take care of that deal. And the same thing with our priorities, to say, okay, 
Father, I'm going to, I'm going to start paying attention to what you've said, what you've said about me. I'm going to let what you say about me really form my thoughts, my opinions, my feelings about myself. And I'm going to pay attention to what you've said about you and what you say about my friends, my coworkers, my neighbors, and what we need. And I'm going to order my life around that stuff. That's, that's a faith decision because you and I are bent a different way. And, and to say yes to what God is wanting to give to us means we're gonna be saying some, no to some things that maybe feel more natural for us. And, and to say yes to him is always a faith decision. You're, you're saying to him, I'm saying yes to you because I'm believing that you're gonna take care of this better than I can take care of this, that you're gonna give to me something that's better than I can manufacture, produce, and grab for myself. And so, so this pace and priorities thing, it connects very strongly to, to receiving this gift of peace by faith. That we say, say no to our natural bent and the way we've been trained and what our culture tells us and we would just sit and receive and we'd order our lives around these things that God would say to us. It's, a, it's, it's pretty gutsy confidence in God to, to do that. And as we do this, he will give us his perfect peace. So pace and priorities is a big deal. And this, this last one, how we receive God's peace, prayer and gratitude, prayer and gratitude. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. To God's people, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in the in the striving, in the struggling, in the chaos, in the division, in, in the circumstances, that deep darkness that Isaiah wrote about, in those, those parts of our lives where the, the anxiety drivers for us, the anxiety drivers for us, God speaks into that, into his people, and he says, hey, don't be anxious about anything. And I'm so thankful that this doesn't stop here. Because if this verse stops here, then all of a sudden I gotta figure out how to, how to stop the anxiety within me, how to, the, the racing mind, the beating heart, the sweaty little bit sometimes, like I gotta figure out how to stop all that stuff. And, and when you're trying to stop that kind of stuff by yourself, wow, I'm not very good at stopping it by myself. And I'm really thankful that it doesn't end with just this dry command that says don't be anxious about anything and puts all the weight on me to stop the anxiety. Instead, we get this solution. Here's the path. He's gonna guide our feet into the path of peace. Here's, here's the way to perfect peace in every situation by prayer and petition. So that's asking God for things. With thanksgiving, let God know what you need. Present your request to him. So prayer and gratitude. And being people who are, who are good at when the anxiety starts to well up within us being people who are, are good at coming to God with, okay, here's what I need, and I'm really grateful that you're the kind of God that gives this stuff to me. Hey, here's what's going on. This is harder than I can handle. This is beyond me. This is bigger than me. 
but it isn't too hard for you and it's not too big for you. I really need you to step into this. Could I have that peace that you give? And people who are good at prayer and gratitude, what they receive then is the peace of God. We have peace with God and then we have peace from God. The peace of God comes into our lives. It transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. You've, you've maybe seen people in your life, Christian people in your life, who when you look at the things that they are walking through, it makes zero sense that they have peace. And, and maybe you've experienced this in your own life, that you've had, you've had circumstances around you, but peace in your heart, and you, when you step back and kind of look at that, it's like, this makes no sense that I have peace in this. That's the kind of peace that God offers to his people, peace that is beyond all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And again, I'm so thankful because I don't know where your anxiety is, but mine's in both those places. It just stirs inside of me and this thing starts running and that anxiousness that, that comes from it's too fast, it's too big, it's too hard right now, the peace of God will, will be on guard. It's military language. Walking guard duty. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus because he is our prince of peace. And so we receive peace through prayer and gratitude. And again, this is faith. Prayer is, prayer is the way that faith expresses itself. I mean, just that you would, you would speak to an unseen God and then you would expect him to be engaging with what you're saying and moving towards you in response to these things, that's, that's faith. And gratitude, recognizing this unseen God, who he is and what he has done and what he's doing for you and being willing to express your gratefulness to him and not like taking credit for yourself or, or saying, hey, this is, look what I've, I'm producing this in my own life. Like that, is, that is faith. To, to be good at prayer and gratitude and to say, yeah, my other strategies for dealing with when all this stuff starts running, I am, I'm checking that at the door and prayer and gratitude, I'm going for that because this, the Prince of Peace will guide my feet into his paths of peace. I'll receive this perfect peace that he wants to give through prayer and gratitude. And your heavenly father longs to give you his peace. And as we receive his peace, this is one of those gifts that is for us. It is without question, his peace is a gift to us, for us, but it's not just for us. You and I, as people who receive God's gift of peace, have beautiful opportunities to re-gift that peace to those who are in our circle. And I wanna give you a few ideas about how to do that here for these next few minutes. And these all come from Gospel of Mark chapter nine. And, and the reason I picked Mark chapter nine is because it's this, it's, it's a lengthy day in the life of Jesus and his followers get bent out of shape about some things that's going on and chapter ends with Jesus looking at them and saying, um, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. So it's, 
the things that are part of that chapter are really practical ways that you and I can not just be at peace with others, but minister God's peace to them. So I'm gonna give you these four things. The first one is to find the highest yes. To find the highest yes. And at the beginning of Mark chapter nine, God the Father booms out these words of, of affirmation and approval over Jesus. This is, this is my son that I love. I mean, he just, he just booms those words out from heaven about who he is. And you and I, as Christian people, we're in agreement with, with what God said about Jesus. We're in agreement with God, but we're also in agreement with each other about who Jesus is, what he means to us and for us. And that yes about who Jesus is, that's the highest yes. I've been so proud of our church over this last 18 months. We've done this, like we've done this really well. And we're not the only church in town or the only church around that has done this really well. There are a lot of churches that are doing this really well. We've got, we've had election mess, we got vaccine mess, we got masked stuff. Like we, our whole world is divided over this thing and, and those of us who are part of this service have differing opinions about really important things right now. And what we've been able to do as a church is look through our own opinions, look beyond them. We might not be able to say yes to each other about those things, but we've been able to say yes to the highest yes about who Jesus is and let that form how we are together with each other and are on mission with each other and the desires that we have for each other. It's just been a beautiful thing to me to sit and watch this for our church that we've We've said the highest yes. And, and if we are going to enjoy peace, to be people of peace, to minister peace, we, we have to be good at seeing past the stuff that, that creates the chaos and the division for us to that shared yes that we have in Jesus. And so to, to keep saying the highest yes breathes peace into our relationships. And so to find that highest yes and keep saying yes to that. Second one, this one's always really important, but it is, it is particularly important when, when we're dealing with people, we're in relationship with people who maybe we don't have a shared yes in Jesus. So they're not there yet. To, to choose the lowest position, to to have the posture, the attitude, the humility of a servant, and to, sh to show up to serve. One of the things that the Bible says about Jesus over and over again in different ways, he said it of himself. He said, hey, I didn't, I didn't come here to be served. You know, he's, he's creator. He is the focal point of heaven, the worship of angelic beings and created order, and he, sh he shows up on our planet in human form, and he said, I, I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve and to give my life as a ransom. And you, you and I can't be a ransom for people. That's a unique position that Jesus holds as son of God, God the son, the God man. But as followers of Jesus, we sure are able to take the position of servant. Chaos, strife are like those flow from everybody trying to be first. You know, everybody trying to, to get 
what's theirs. Everybody trying to make sure their rights are, you know, don't trample on my rights. Everybody trying to, like when, when we're all trying to get to the front of the line, to the head of the table, that's chaos. And Jesus looks at his people and says, hey, you can, you can minister my kind of peace if you will choose the lowest position, if you'll, if you'll take the role of a servant, that, that will breathe that perfect peace that God gives to us, that breathes his kind of peace into our relationships. And, and you and I have the incredible privilege of being able to serve others. It's, it's not just a calling, it's a privilege to be able to to follow in Jesus's footsteps and be a servant of, of the people that he's put into our lives. And you cannot minister peace from, from the high place. Peace, peace doesn't, it doesn't roll downhill. Peace, peace flows, it flows along the lines from the lesser to the greater. And so people who are willing to take that posture and the attitude, the humility of being a servant and like that's where peace flows in our relationships from the one who is the servant to the one who is being served. And so, so choosing the lowest position, that's a great way to re-gift God's peace to those who are around you. Third one is to draw the biggest circle. To draw the biggest circle. <laughs> this is not the circle of trust. If you know that phrase, I'm not talking about this great big circle of trust where everybody knows your deepest, darkest secrets. I'm talking about drawing the biggest circle, circle of blessing, circle of blessing. In Mark 9, it's kind of, it's a funny little thing. There's a lot of us, them. There's a lot of us, them. And there's actually the disciples say, hey, Jesus, we saw some guys casting out demons in your name and they're not with us. So we told them to stop. Like this us, them thing is, that creates chaos and turmoil. Because everybody who's not one of us feels like them. And we've all been there. We've all been in the them side of things. In a place where other people were part of the us deal. And as, as followers of Jesus, as people who are made in the image of God, as people who, who have received peace with God because he has moved towards us in Jesus, we can draw a really big circle of blessing. We can draw a really big circle of blessing in our communities, in our workplaces, in our schools, here at church, beyond these walls, in our world. We can draw a really big circle of blessing and to welcome people in to your circle ministers peace to them. The chaos and turmoil being on the outside is, is dissolved for them and now they get to experience this peace of being close to somebody that has the perfect peace which only God can give. So draw the biggest circle. And this last one, I think you know what MYOB stands for. I mean it just like you would read that. Mind your own business. Um, it's what Jesus said at the end of Mark chapter nine to his followers who were paying attention to everyone else. And he says, hey, he says, have salt in yourselves. And what he's telling them is like, you pay attention to you. There's, you got enough going on to just like you be in relationship with me. You, like you pay attention to that. 
and be at peace with the people who are around you. Don't be so, don't be so bogged down on what's going on there. And this ties real closely to what we talked about a couple weeks ago about being people of grace. You know, one of the things that grace frees us from is the judgment of others because like, God has said some things over us, but it also frees us from being somebody else's judge. I don't have to be anybody else's judge. I get to worry about me and my relationship with God and be at peace with the people who are around me. And so, so people who live at peace and people who minister re-gift peace are people who pay close attention to themselves and, and let God do his thing with the people who are around us. And so this gift of peace that God has given to us, it's this beautiful thing. And I hope you're experiencing it this year. I, there's a lot of darkness. Christmas time, holiday season, this is a special kind of difficult this year because we're all adjusting to some new things that have been part of our years, last 18 months or so, part of our lives for that period of time. There's, there's, a, there's a lot to be upset by. But you have, you have a heavenly father who is over all that, who is above all that, who is beyond all of that, who is offering you his peace, who wants to give it to you, and then wants to let you give it to the people who are around you. And it's, it's an incredible thing that we would get to be part of something like this as God's people. So I wanna wrap all this up and read you one more verse. And this is gonna be my prayer for us as we close our time. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. So will you please bow your head and close your eyes with me. Jesus, we honor you today as the Lord of peace. You are the Prince of Peace. And you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And so I'm praying for myself and praying for my friends that you would Give us your perfect peace at all times, in every way. Would you stir up faith in us so that we could say yes to you? To, to slow down, to reprioritize some things, to see ourselves the way you see us, to see others the way you see them. That you would give us your kind of eyes, your kind of heart, your kind of mind, your ears, to be able to hear things that you're saying and things that you wanna do in the lives of the people who are around us. And it's, it's our incredible privilege to be able to, to not only receive your peace, but to minister, to minister to the people that you love who are close to us. So Jesus, again, you are the Prince of Peace. We say yes to you, thank you. We love you and we pray these things in your name, amen. So if you are here in person and you've got some of that turmoil, agitation, you'd like somebody to pray with you, there'll be prayer leaders down here at the front. Those of you who are watching online, if you'd like hit the need prayer button, our service hosts online would be glad to pray with you. May God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. Love you. I'll see you next week.